Julian Edlow here for DraftKings. The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here. And DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. Conference tournaments, Final Four, to win it all, you name it, it's all available on the DK Sportsbook app. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code ROSS. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code ROSS. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccp.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort located in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario, bonus bets expire 160 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. If you'd like to make your NFL games a little more interesting, you've come to the right place. It's the Even Money Podcast with Ross Tucker and Steve Fezzik. Yeah, Vegas, baby, Vegas. It is the Even Money Podcast. A day earlier than we normally record for... Various reasons. We are, of course, presented by betonline.ag. They're your online sportsbook experts, and they give you a 50% sign-up bonus when you use the code PODCAST1. He's the guy that is still in the black for the year. His name is Steve Fezzik, the only two-time winner of the Super Bowl professional football gambling out at the Westgate Casino. It's called the Super Contest. Hit him up on Twitter, at Fezzik Sports, and only at Fezzik Sports. Do not accept any imposters. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman, five teams, seven years, classic journeyman, if you will. Love, love, love picking and betting these games, even though it has not gone quite as well for me this year as it did last year. That's okay. You know, it's, it's, we're playing the long game here, Steve. It's not about just week to week. It's the long game. Steve, I want to start this week before we dive into how we did last week. Hint, not good, at least for me and really both of us. And before we make our game picks for conference championship Sunday, always good to bring on our guy, Dave Mason from betonline.ag. He handles the marketing for the sports book, wears a lot of different hats over there. And I don't know if you had anything to do with this offer, Dave, but this is amazing. Round trip, flight, hotel, VIP tailgate party, and tickets to the big game for you and a guest in Atlanta. That's right. BetOnline.ag is giving away a trip to the big game. You have to call it the big game. You can't call it what it's really called which I always thought was lame. Anyway, you guys know what game I'm talking about. Go to betonline.ag, sign up for a betonline.ag account. Promo code is big game, and you only have until next Friday. So big game, betonline.ag, and maybe I'll see you guys down there at the Super Bowl. Dave, talk to me about this past weekend. I told people to take all the underdogs uh, because, and that was very good for me, wild card weekend. What, what did it turn out being in terms of how you guys did? 
Yeah, you weren't alone. I mean, after uh, you know everybody knew that underdogs are fourteen and one against the spread, dating back to the start of last year's postseason, and you know they would start out four and zero wild card weekend, and we got beat up pretty bad, especially on a couple of those money lines, and and players are betting the uh, dogs again big for the divisional round, especially the. Uh, a lot of the spread action was close to 50-50 when you consider the, the the betters are usually always on the favorites. 50-50 means that a lot more betters were backing the dogs than they usually do. But those those big decisions were all the money lines. I mean, the, all four games, the public was pounding them, pounding the underdogs at that plus money. And, and uh, those were the massive decisions. The four biggest decisions of the weekend were each of the money lines. Betters were all over the underdogs. So... Yeah, when we after all the smoke cleared and all the bets were graded, we had a really good weekend. Wildcard weekend went to the uh, betting public, but the divisional round definitely went to the house. Dave, I wanted to ask you about teasers. Last week there were two n- really no-brainer advantage teasers, taking the Rams down to minus one, taking the Saints down to minus two. How um, Am I correct that that was the most played teaser, and how do you manage to curb your liability on that obvious teaser? Um, yeah, the Saints was definitely a popular one. Rams, Rams, not not as much, believe it or not. Um, but those th- that was definitely the teaser that hurt us the most. But you know, it, people were betting the the the, um, the dogs on the on the money line and and more so and on the spread as well. But they were also teasing up a lot more than they usually do. So you know, Colts getting teased up was a popular play. Uh, Chargers getting teased up was a popular play and a couple of those totals, you know, getting blown out. So teasers were good this weekend. Yet, yep. The Saints, that was a leg that that stung a bit. Absolutely. Um, The Rams somewhat, but teasers are fine this weekend with a couple of those other uh, blowouts. What's been, Dave, the early line movement uh, so far for the conference championship games? Well, we opened our odds up first. We actually opened them up look ahead when the games are going on this past weekend. And, you know, we all opened all four scenarios. Um, We opened, let's see, uh, the Saints minus four versus the Rams. And that went down. Then we reopened it minus three and a half. Then it went to minus three for a bit. And the Saints are currently back up to minus three and a half. Um, Patriots at Chiefs, we opened Chiefs four-point favorites as the Chiefs were looking great on Saturday. And uh, then the Pats looked as strong as ever. You know, whenever you count them out, you think they're over the hill. and They do something like they did Sunday. So that reopened. That got adjusted quickly to a three-point spread. Uh, Chiefs favored by three against the Pats. Dave, I would assume in terms of the futures liability that you are sitting fat right now with four teams that basically have been strong all year long. I'm going to predict that no matter who wins the Super Bowl, you're going to win on your futures. But any, which team do you have the most liability on? No, you're you're 100% correct. Uh, the Eagles were the only team we are red in red in um, going in going into the uh, the divisional round. But all four are big profits for the house, which is great. Chiefs are the biggest, Rams second biggest, then Patriots. Um, so, so yeah, all, all four great, 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 uh, decisions for the house. Dave, when will you first post your, your Super Bowl odds? Shoot. 
uh, during the games this weekend. We'll we'll post some look aheads and uh, and and go from there. But then you know we kind of then they'll be you know, they'll be open minutes after the game. But we'll we'll probably open them while the conference championships are going on. We'll we'll open all four scenarios, or whatever. We always like doing that. That's a lot of fun. Thousand dollar limits. You can rebet it every sixty one seconds or after an odds move. So if you see some early value, you know we we did that. Like I said, we did that last weekend, and and those early betters got an extra point value, which is absolutely huge, especially when it's a between the difference between a minus four and a minus three or or, or whatever. So or, or actually plus four plus three. So so yeah, well we'll have them open this weekend for thousand dollar limits. Rebet it every sixty one seconds if you want to bet over a thousand dollars. So they'll be up early. Dave, this is the time of year that many pros start betting more on the props on the games than on the sides, totals, and money lines. Uh, will you have a larger prop menu this for this week's games, conference championship games? Yes, sir, and, and you're exactly right. I mean, I tweeted out the other day on Saturday, like uh, the sharps are pretty quiet. You know, there wasn't a lot of sharp action on on the spread, total, money line, etc. But yeah, now they're, they're picking spots and props. And, you know, we're expanding that offering um, it just because, you know, it, 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 it's it, for many for many reasons. You know, there's only four games to manage, two games to manage this weekend. So you can expand those offers. And, you know, NFL's coming to an end here. So you want to get as much NFL action in as possible. And, and there's a PR angle to it as well. You know, we, we want to throw out as much out there and get people talking. And even stuff like last weekend we had, you know, where there, where there be a doink, where there be a a, a kicker hit the upright or a crossbar, you know, after Cody Parker the previous weekend and Adam Vinatieri covered that right away. So stuff like that. We have a lot of fun with it, you know. So, yeah, we'll have a much stronger offering. Dave, always appreciate the time. Thank you so much. I love getting you on the Fantasy Feast podcast this week as well here on the Even Money podcast. And I'm sure we'll be talking to you over the next couple of weeks with the Super Bowl coming up. Thanks, fellas. Have a great weekend. You too. Speaking of Bet Online, we already told you, you guys know, use that promo code Big Game. That will be pretty cool, whoever wins that. Steve, let's dive into last week and how we did. And I kind of already hinted at it. I felt pretty good, Steve, about about the underdogs in all of the games. And the only one that came through for me was the Eagles. Really interesting. I, I got to tell you, I, I am still pretty surprised, Steve, that the Chiefs dominated the Colts the way they did, that the the Patriots destroyed the Chargers like that, that the Cowboys got run over by the Rams. Now, the Cowboys still almost, you know, covered the line. And the Colts actually probably would have if it wasn't for Adam Vinatieri and them, uh, you know, having that roughing the punter call. But still, you know, I'm not that surprised that often by results. And I'm not surprised that I lost these bets. I guess I'm just surprised by how much, I lost the bet specifically as it relates to the Colts and the Chargers. Yeah, I wanted to ask you, Ross, because let's talk about those Colts and Chargers. Both of them really came in in bad situational spots, and that was their third straight road game. Really tough for the Chargers in particular because their travel had been 10,000 miles. And also we had one team that's a dome team. We have another team from Southern, Southern California 
who has to play in 26 degrees, and obviously the Colts have to play right after a snowstorm in the cold in Kansas City. The combination of the physical fatigue from the travel and all these must-win games combo with the weather that they're unfamiliar with, do you not think that that was a pretty big factor in both games? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess it, it something had to be a big factor, right? Whether it was the bye or the home field advantage or just the game plans or maybe these, these teams ran out of steam. Because I, I personally don't think there's a lot of other explanation. When you look at teams, I, I, I just don't think there's that wide of a disparity in the talent between those teams. So it was it was stunning. It really was. And it was a bummer, uh, not only because I lost my bets and people that track my bets lost them as well, but also just because I wanted close games. I, I like competitive close games. It started with the Colts and the Chiefs, and the Colts were getting two points. It was a best bet for both of us, Steve. And we both put yeah, two and I units love, on it. I love the Colts. So um, uh, hats off to the Chiefs. They played a great game. Especially getting five and a half points. And then Cowboys and the Rams. I, I was stunned by that line, Steve. The Cowboys getting seven points, even though there's no home field advantage for the Rams. I mean, that's basically like the odds maker saying that they think that the Rams are ten points better. Because there's no three points for home field. And I gotta right? ask you about the fourth down play call where Elliott got stuffed because I see this all the time in the NFL that the uh, offense goes with a condensed formation or even a jumbo backfield and everyone bunches up and they run the ball up the middle and Ross, it never works. Why is that play call and that formation still utilized when anyone who just watched the Patriots knows they just split out some wide receivers, rush to the line of scrimmage, Brady sneaks, he gets it every time. Why do they do that? I don't know why more teams don't quarterback sneak. I think part of them is they don't think their quarterbacks as good at it. Maybe they don't want them to get hit. But you're preaching to the choir about quarterback sneak. Everybody should do more quarterback sneaks. Now, I think if it's longer than like half a yard, they get nervous about putting it in the hands of the officials in the spot. And I think that the Cowboys felt like, Zeke Elliott's our best player. You know, he's outstanding in short yardage in the goal line. We're going to give him the ball. And because I, you know, I, I had somebody call me up on the radio this morning, Steve, and they said, why didn't they run a zone read or an RPO? And my answer was, well, can you imagine what the uproar would have been? So both those plays, by the way, are out of the gun. Can you imagine the uproar if Dak Prescott pulls the ball from Zeke? throws a slant, and either the ball's dropped or, or Dak throws an inaccurate pass, which he does uh, on a decent amount of the time, I just feel like people would have gone berserk. You have Zeke Elliott, and you're throwing the ball in that situation? You blah, 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 blah. And if they ran a zone read, I mean, a zone read, you're letting one guy go unblocked, and you're reading that guy. Well, if the guy makes it look like he's going for Zeke by the last second – you know, redirects and goes after Dak and you get blown up for a five-yard loss, then you're also getting a lot of criticism there. I I didn't have a huge problem with the play call. I do think, though, that going to the jumbo or the heavy package, 
you're just bringing too many bodies in there. What they would say is that they're doing that to protect the edges so that no unblocked defender can come off the edge and be able to get to Zeke before he gets to the line of scrimmage. But even I saw, like, I think it was Philadelphia maybe, they had an, like an, uh, a, a single back set, spread set, but then they had both receivers come in and kind of be wing backs just so nobody could do that. Just so Because no, that's the only thing you really have to worry about is somebody coming screaming off the edge. And if you just have a receiver there just to make sure that they can block that guy if they try to do that. So I think it's a good question. Um, the Cowboys almost covered. Uh, then you get to, but I lost two units there. Then the Chargers Patriots. Wow. Oh, you put one unit on the Patriots. I forgot about that, Steve. You had one unit on the Patriots, right? Yeah, I was, I was on the Patriots just because, not because I thought the Patriots were any better than the Chargers, but the travel, the energy, the weather, and of course the coaching. And we saw that, that Coach Lynn never made any adjustments and just let, um, Sony Michelle ground and pound and dink and dunk to James White all day long. And they just kept their, their, all their defensive backs out there tackling James White after he gained seven yards play after play. Right. So you won one unit there. I lost two units there. And then the Eagles got off to a really good start, 14 nothing, And then they let the Saints come back in it. bunch of different things you can point to. But ultimately, the Eagles go down. Tell you what, too, late in that game, Kamara almost broke one for a touchdown that would have had the, the Eagles wouldn't have covered either. They, they were fortunate to get him. What were your thoughts on that game? I think the Eagles just ran out of gas. I think that if they hadn't had their fifth road game in six weeks, the Saints may well be home. Um, the Eagles had some injuries on defense, guys coming in and out of the lineup, and obviously they were already banged up. I have concerns about Breeze and the Saints offense. I will say this, the Saints defense stuffed the Eagles' run, and they were the first D to hold Foles in check. So maybe the Saints D is better than we thought, and the Saints offense – um, other than Michael Thomas, I have concerns. Well, let's get to that because I, I understand that you have concerns. And I want to get to some email questions, but I also want to make our picks for the conference championship games. Maybe that was a little bit of a tease as to what Steve is thinking in these conference championship games. Let's do it, Bri. All right, Ross, let's start off with you with the NFC Championship game. It's at New Orleans, and the Saints, three-and-a-half-point favorites against the Rams, the total, 57. I should I should point out, by the way, I forgot to do this. I think I am now back up to minus seven for the year, and Steve, you are up 10 units for the year. So you dropped one unit from up 11 to up 10. I dropped four units from minus three to minus seven. We want to make sure people know that we're telling you what the deal is, you know, the entire, the entire off season, obviously, or the entire season we've been keeping you guys updated. And then best bets are 20 out of 45, uh, which is pretty rough for our best bets has not, has not been a good year for best bets. So saints laying three and a half points. You know, I don't feel like the Saints are playing great right now. The Rams coming off of a 
Really, really impressive game against the Cowboys. But that dome is something else. Three and a half is obviously a pretty a pretty nice number to take the points if you're the Rams. But I, I just don't have that much faith in Jared Goff in this situation with that noise. I am going to pass this game. I just I just don't see it. I'd probably lean to the Rams getting the three and a half points, but I'm going to pass. Quick housekeeping item. Ross, you're awesome. Updating everyone on our records this year, but of course last year and years before, we've had stellar records in particular last year. Ross, you yourself won 40 units, I believe, and I think together on our best bets that we were almost, I think, I think we were like right around two-thirds of a win rate. So, um, yeah, you're going to have years like this, and you're going to have home run years as well. In terms of this game, you know what? I'm confident New Orleans is still the better team. I'm also confident that although I have concerns about Breeze, I have real concerns about Goff, who in his last three games against playoff teams, zero touchdowns, five interceptions. McVay does not trust Goff right now, as evidenced by last week where he ran the ball 48 times and only threw it 28 times. The home field's worth three and a half. The line is three and a half. New Orleans is better than the Rams. Uh, I think you've got to look towards New Orleans. I'll put a unit on the Saints laying three and a half. All right, Steve. The other game, obviously the AFC Championship game, it's New England at Kansas City. Chiefs laying three points, total 57 and a half, and I think it's going to be a little chilly for Ross on the sideline. Yeah, that'll be interesting to see what dapper winter clothes Ross wears because the high will be 11, the low will be one degree on Sunday. Uh, one of my favorite lines from planes, trains, and automobiles is John Candy has asked what he thinks the temperature is outside, and he stoically responds, one. Um, the uh, Chiefs, New England, who's the better team? I think Kansas City is the better team, not by much, but by a little. Brady is not as good or has not been as good since Gordon went out of the lineup and before Gordon joined the team. And Gronk clearly is not close to 100%. So how many times can you keep dinking and dunking to Edelman and Michelle until the defense takes that away when I don't think Brady has a downfield target? Um, Obviously, Kansas City has downfield targets. Tyreek Hill is awesome. And Sammy Watkins came back and was effective. And you've got Kelsey. So you've got three great options that are all better than New England's options down the field. Um, and Williams, their third-string running back, looks as good, if not better, than Michelle. Add it all up, and if Mahomes can play a good game, Kansas City's going to win going away. I hate betting against New England. I hate betting against the genius, especially when he's getting points. So these are just leans. I will lean to Kansas City, and I'll lean to the under in the frigid tundra where I think New England's going to try to shorten this game. I would be shocked if this if 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 Kansas City wins going away. I just I mean, has that ever happened to New England? I mean, even like when the Broncos were so much better than them, they still didn't win going away. It was still like a one-score game if memory serves and Brady got bruised and battered the entire game. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm, I'm gonna take the Patriots. I would not be surprised if they win the game. I do think, and I know that it was cold last week and there was some snow, but this is gonna be serious. I mean, really serious. I do think the weather is gonna suck for me, and it's gonna be uh, something that Brady has handled a lot in his career. 
a lot more than Mahomes has. I don't care what anybody says when it's that cold, and I know that the total's already been bet down, but when it's that cold, that makes it hard, man. I mean, it makes it hard to block. It makes it hard to catch. Uh, I'm, I'm taking two units on the Patriots, getting the three points, and I'm also putting two units on the under 55.5. I just don't see it happen. I just don't think that it's going to get there because of everything I just talked about in terms of the weather. I do think that you guys can get there, meaning the AFC Championship game. Man, I wonder what the tickets for the AFC Championship game are right now on SeatGeek. There's only one way to find out. Make sure you have the SeatGeek app on your phone and that the first thing you do after you download the SeatGeek app is you enter promo code EVENMONEY. That's promo code EVENMONEY. For $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. If you're new to the show, I've told you about SeatGeek before. It's kind of like the kayak for travel, for flights, except it's for tickets. So I highly encourage you to check it out. It aggregates a bunch of different ticket sites. And it also shows you the value of each different ticket for each different venue, which is pretty cool as well. It's the SeatGeek app. And it's the promo code even money, and it's time, Brian, to an email or two. Ever wanted to ask an NFL player a question? Well, here's your chance. It's time to ask Ross. The email address is ross at rostucker.com. Pretty clearly on this show, it's not really ask Ross, it's ask Steve. Uh, which is great. You can take advantage of any of the sponsors over at RossTucker.com. Just click the Sponsor tab or make any purchase for you or your family on the Amazon banner ad on the homepage over at RossTucker.com. Whatever you do, just send it to me, Ross at RossTucker.com. We also count if you rate and review the show or if you buy some uh, buy some merch, some T-shirts over at the Shop tab. Ross, There's a lot of ways you can ask Steve. Any question you want. This is from Mike. It's either Mike Reccia or Reccia, Steve. And it's about line moves. Love the even money with Fez. I play on the offshore books and love to make my plays on Sunday night or Monday morning as soon as the lines hit the screen. Sometimes finding really good value. However... There are times when I make a move and the line doesn't move in favor of my play. Example, I don't remember when this was, but this week I played Northwestern minus two and a half. And it's currently been bet to Northwestern plus two. I liked my numbers, but obviously consensus moved the line the other way. Do you have any tips, Steve, or recommendations on how to either get out of this play when they get out of it, teasers, wait for it to come back, etc. Not an ideal position to be in, and that's the breaks, but hopefully you can give some insight. Thank you, and good luck. That's Mike Reccia. Steve, that's an interesting question. Yeah, very good question from Mike. The game he was referring to, I think almost for certain, was the Northwestern-Minnesota game where he laid the two-and-a-half with Northwestern, I believe, and the situation was horrendous for Northwestern in the sense that they had just wrapped up the Big Ten West title 
and Minnesota was playing for a bowl game and really needed that game, it looked like, to get bowl eligible, and all the money was on Minnesota all week long, and they laid an egg and Northwestern won, so Mike won his bets, and I would be inclined, if you make a bet and you like it, laying two and a half and the line moves to plus two, unless there's a major injury, a quarterback going out, something like that, I would never look to play back against your initial thought. Now, you probably don't have a very good bet. You probably have a bad bet. But to go ahead and try to get out of it without something fundamentally changing, I think would be a mistake. Now, an example where you probably would want to get rid of a bet, let's say you played New England, Kansas City, over 57 at the close to opening number. Now you get a weather forecast. Oh, my God, it's going to be below zero wind chill. That's an example where you might say, you know what, I just – should have checked the weather. Let me get the heck out of my bed. I'll play under 55 and a half. If I get middled, I get middled. But I just didn't take into consideration this horrifically cold weather day. And so my initial handicap was flawed. Got it. That's interesting. Yeah, I, I, man, you, these guys come up with great questions. There are times, though, Steve, when you play both sides of a bet, right? Oh, all the time. Um, and typically when I do that, it's because – Oftentimes there's a good story, if you will, that I think everyone knows about and is going to play a game. So I can forecast a line move that I don't think necessarily is a sharp action move. I'll give an example. So UCLA in college basketball fires their coach, Alfred. So the first two games after Alfred is relieved of his duties, Bartow, the interim head coach, comes in for UCLA and the team's just running up and down the court and winning, and they score like 160 and then 180 points. So um, then the third game, they play Oregon, that game goes over. And so bottom line is the, the sharp bettors are like, well, UCLA has gone from an under team to an over team, and they're going to run. But the public now is aware of that as well. <clears throat> so what we're seeing is UCLA totals are inflating like five, six, seven points from the opener. And my take is like, hey, if you want to play for a middle, the second they put up a total on any UCLA game, the odds makers are still using season-long averages for the most part. Little adjustment. And they're opening the totals low. But the betters are getting all of this and just going crazy betting over. So um, I would have no problem on a team like that if you want to bet UCLA totals, bet overs when they open up, bet unders right before the game tips off because there's an overreaction now to UCLA's um, current run of higher scoring games. I love it. Great stuff, Steve, as always. Keep those email questions coming. Ross at RossTucker.com. Absolutely love breaking down your thoughts your questions, comments, concerns, whatever they are, and getting Steve's expert opinion. Pretty clearly, those of you that are loyal listeners, you guys ask better questions of Steve than I do. I'm still a, a relative novice with some of this stuff. I just pick football games based on the total and the the line and what I think is going to happen in the game. That's pretty much it, although I'm learning. I'm learning a lot in part because of your questions. Take advantage of any of our sponsors like betonline.ag or over at the sponsor tab at rawstucker.com or even just rate and review the show or chat with Steve and me over at tuckheads.com or go to the rawstucker.com shop. I mean, there's a lot of different things you can do. And if you do, you will get to ask Steve any question you want for this show. Other than that, I think we're done here. Good luck, everybody. Hope you guys win some money this weekend. Thank you.
Thanks for listening to the Even Money Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, the Fantasy Feast Podcast, and the College Draft Podcast, all available on iTunes at RossTucker.com or wherever podcasts can be found.